Welcome to the Tech Bytes podcast. We're sponsored by Silver Peak, and we're talking about an SD-WAN deployment with Scott Shaw. He's the Chief Technology Officer at Ford Harrison LLP. This is a labor and employment law firm with 25 offices across the U.S. Uh, Scott, welcome to the podcast. Can you give us uh, a brief background on the role that the WAN plays in supporting the law firm? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, we have 25 offices spread across the United States, um, which is difficult in some respects getting our attorneys to act as one law firm since they are so spread out geographically. So that's a, a challenge for us. One thing we pride ourselves on is client service and uh, presenting a unified and consistent uh, experience for all of our clients is, is important. Mm -hmm. So the role the WAN plays in that is, is really fundamental in tying all of those people and offices together. So we're talking about, I'm guessing, applications like voice, email, uh, whatever legal applications you use? Yeah. So in the legal world, of course, our our product is advice in documents. Yeah. Uh, so essentially communication. So being able to talk on the phone, exchange emails, produce documents, those are pretty key fundamentals uh, of our business. Right, okay. What about uh, security? Because uh, legal firms have a strong obligation to maintain the privacy and the security of the documents of their clients, you know, legal privilege and all that sort of stuff. Is that a big consideration here? That is an understatement. That is a huge consideration always. Um, I was just read about yet another pretty major law firm this morning that had a, an incident. Don't like mm -hmm. to say, we don't like to say breach anymore. We call them incidents. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yes, that's always top of mind. <laughs> I, I imagine you're reading that and going, thank goodness that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Yes, every, every time. Quick scan <laughs> through the article, no mention of my firm, then I read it. <laughs> okay, so the, the WAN needs to be up and running. Uh, applications need to be performant. Um, before you moved to SD-WAN, what kind of technical challenges were you facing? The biggest challenge we had pre-SD-WAN was, I would say, reliability. So we had a single carrier MPLS network connecting all of those offices together. Mm. And as carriers are wont to do, uh, we, we sort of rode the waves of a couple different mergers. And anyone that's been through a, a merger while they're with, with their carrier knows that there are going to be some outages uh, as they combine those networks. And we had some problems because we only had a single carrier. So we, we had some reliability issues where offices would go down unexpectedly and not come up in a reasonable amount of time sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that, and you're, so you're fingering directly just having a single supplier for WAN bandwidth was really the core here. You felt that having access to multiple suppliers or diverse ways of accessing the network was a key issue. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Definitely a key issue. <laughs> And I think the challenge there would be is that all you can do is feel really helpless because all you can do is kick it upstairs. And if they say we're doing the best we can, that's it. That, that's that's exactly right. There, there's I didn't have the bat phone to the CEO of our carrier, <laughs> uh, but I did have an escalation list that I used uh, frequently and liberally. It, it does help, but you are absolutely at their mercy. Now, part of an SD-WAN solution is that you usually migrate away from the concept of dedicated bandwidth to public bandwidth. Did you go to using internet or did you stick with the MPLS but go to just, a, you know, like what the, what the telcos call MPLS from their point of view but shove it down customers' throats? Did you find yeah. moving to public bandwidth a worry or are you using a mix? 
I did find, I, I was concerned. Uh, we did, so first of all, yes, we did go to all uh, direct internet connectivity. And yes, I was concerned at the outset. And those concerns, uh, luckily so far, uh, well, so far we're a year and a half in now, hmm. have were really unfounded. We've, we've had no issues. Okay. And have employees noticed any difference, either for better or for worse? Uh, employees, you know, we really only get any recognition when things go badly. So I don't get, <laughs> I'm not getting daily praise phone calls. Sure. Um, of course. But the, the number of issues have definitely gone down. And I would say our employees definitely noticed. I'll tell you, you know, one of the success stories of 2020 for our firm was our ability to transition to, to a work from home or work from anywhere scenario really pretty easily and quickly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was due to uh, SD-WAN and the reliability mm-hmm. of our users to get to the data that we store in our data center. And it was really highlighted, you know, speaking of calls, I did get some praise calls at that time um, because mm-hmm. we had some managing partners that are friends with other lawyers at other firms and they, they talk. And those firms were having real problems transitioning to work from home. They were having real reliability problems. No one anticipated that at a given point in time, 100% of the workforce would be trying to connect remotely all of a sudden. Um, mm-hmm. you know, people plan for 30% or 50% or maybe even 70%, right. but not 100%. Um, so you're using SD-WAN then to turn up home offices for law partners and senior law staff. So your actual network isn't just 25 branches anymore. It's hundreds? Well, so we do actually have a couple of extra small appliances at some key employees' homes. Um, mm. I hope they're not, I hope other employees aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, we did extend extend a few nodes, but it, the the real key was, was having the data center available. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how SD-WAN affected folks getting access to applications in the data center? Were they like coming into a branch office, like tunneling into a branch office and then heading out to the data center or how is that working? So, so it, yes. So at the beginning, so our remote access uh, scenario is uses a remote desktop gateway scenario. So those users of the branch offices would connect remotely to their local uh, office um, uh, okay. and then connect back to the data center from there. All right. Okay. So you didn't deploy some sort of thin client infrastructure in the data center and then <clears throat> get everybody to migrate away from the way they used to work. They literally connected to their work computers on their desks and continue, continue to and continue on. And so the SD-WAN was important there because you're still coming in off the public WAN. People are connecting from the internet, but the actual data issues, privacy issues, and the controls, like your data controls, are still in the office. Everything was still contained, encapsulated in the office. Absolutely. Uh, that's neat. That would have been, yeah, yeah, odd, but like not the way that you would normally. I guess if you had have gone and spoken to a vendor, they would have tried to sell you some sort of thin client or some sort of remote access. And um, but what you've done there is actually go with the most obvious solution. Yes, and many vendors did try to sell us virtual desktops and thin clients and and the like, which are wonderful. I have no no knock against any of those. But mm-hmm. in in that very quick transition to work from home, the way we did it worked very well for us. I imagine the, the work is very document heavy. Are you taking advantage of, I know Silver Peak has some uh, caching capabilities and so on. Is that part of the solution you're using? So we do not use the caching capabilities, but we take advantage of uh, the business intent overlays. So we 
which in Silver Peak terminology basically is is application optimization. So we're able to select um, ports that we deem uh, high priority and and prefer that traffic over you know say port eighty traffic. So we printing we, comes last. Yeah, printing comes last. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I've been trying to so get rid of those printers for fifty years. <laughs> It'll be a few more years before the legal system catches up with no paper. I, I, I just like that idea because what you're doing there is basically college service. So it's pretty straightforward. Picking the apps that get priority and everything else just runs. You're picking out the things that matter and then letting it go. Fairly simple. Again, very straightforward type of an idea. When you came to select Silverpeak, this is a, a question I like to ask is there's lots of other SD-WAN vendors out there and you evaluated some of the others. What What worked for you when you came to the selection process? So that, that question, it's a great question. And part of what I needed at that moment in time was, was simplicity. So, we, you know, the MPLS network with a Cisco router and every site uh, with some fairly complex routing requirements was complicated and it took a lot of effort to maintain and, and to expand when we needed to. So we had a full-time Cisco engineer on staff to manage just that network. and. Mm -hmm. What really drew me to Silver Peak was the fact that I could all of a sudden manage the network. Not that I wanted to or had time to, <laughs> but it didn't require that unique Cisco experience and expertise to to manage it. Um, the interface right. is very simple and easy to use. I could add a business intent overlay myself if I needed to. Um, so a big part of it was the simplicity, the ability for you know, 95% of what we would need done to be run by people that I already had on staff and wouldn't need a dedicated network engineer. A lot of what, if I recall from my research into Silverpick, a lot of it, it comes out of a lot, just works out of the box. You don't actually have to do a whole lot in a lot of ways because it's sort of pre-configured, dials up, sets itself up, updates itself, knows where some of its base configuration is all done for you. And really you're just tinkering with the edges. Absolutely correct. It, it, we did a proof of concept with three sites and literally out of the box day one, and we were we had connectivity and, and, it, and it worked. And then we could tweak it, as you said, and add some of those uh, features that we were interested in to test. But that was a, a, also a big selling point. Getting the proof of concept and seeing that we could have connectivity out of the box was pretty impressive. So the orchestrator then gives you the visibility. So you, you could probably even run the the SD-WAN from remotely. So you didn't have to go like be in the office on a special computer that had access list to permit it. You could just run it from the SD-WAN orchestrator. Yeah, so they have an on-prem option for orchestrator and then they have a cloud orchestrator. So the, the cloud orchestrator does let you manage the network from anywhere. Right. In the process of retiring, you said you had Cisco routers. I presumably they're retired now. They're and, gone. Right. <laughs> and does that give you the ROI? you need or was getting rid of the MPLS, the ROI? <laughs> Both. Uh, I mean, just SmartNet alone on the, on the routers almost paid for uh, the SD-WAN hardware. Um, wow. And then, <laughs> you know, getting rid of the MPLS network and being able to use DIA and broadband, um, which is what we use. Each site has a DIA circuit and a, and a broadband circuit on um, independent uh, local loops. So, so that if one goes mm -hmm. down, the other should stay up. Um, and that cost reduction was was huge as well, while increasing bandwidth. So we got more bandwidth for less monthly recurring costs from our our carriers, and then the hardware outlay uh, versus the annual Cisco SmartNet upkeep um, was almost a wash. 
Yeah. Wow. So you, got, you basically got ROI in less than a year, what it sounds like, or less probably. It depends on whether you're talking to me or my CFO uh, to answer that question, but <laughs> it, it, it was either less than a year or 14 months. Okay. Arguably. I, I hope that got you a praise call. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned uh, 25 offices. Uh, I'm presuming you probably don't have IT staff at each one. What was rolling out uh, SD-WAN appliances to, to each branch like? That was thanks to an awesome IT team that I have on staff here. So we did travel to each site and, and put our equipment in, but it was a short trip. It was a short trip to each mm -hmm. site. It was a day and coordinated with the carriers to test and turn up the circuits. And that was it. So you went with DIA. That's an expensive form of MPLS. But did you go with that for the assurance to get that sort of, I don't just want DSL. I just wanted to have that guaranteed, you know, belts and braces. This really must work type feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. For the stability and the, and the guaranteed bandwidth. Do you think that'll change over time? You know, would you go to three broadbands, like get multiple broadband providers and consider doing that? Or do you just stay the way it is? I don't know if you're trying to make me, you know, go gray sooner than I already hmm. am. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't yeah. thought that far, that far ahead. I'm, I'm yeah. still resting on my laurels, but maybe. I, I mean, I could see that. I could see that. Well, you don't want to do everything in one year, you know. You don't want to overexceed the, the bonus because they don't pay you more just because you overachieve, right? That's right. The sweet spot. You got to hit that sweet <laughs> you spot. Sweet you got to keep something back for next year. That's what salespeople do. There's always something else. Well, that does bring us to the end of our conversation. Thank you, Scott, for joining us, and thanks to Silver Peak for being a sponsor. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.